At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's another edition of Sincerely Unqualified. Coming at you a little late again, but we needed to make sure we got all the content in that we said we were going to watch, and it was a ton. So, no movie update today. We're just going to be talking Obi-Wan, first two episodes, yep. talking Ricky Gervais's special that when he talked about, that actually made some headlines, by the way, which I didn't really realize until like today, honestly. And then... Yeah. As you see in the episode title, as you hopefully watched already, we are talking Top Gun Maverick, the Top Gun sequel that has the nation by storm right now. Everyone oh God. is loving it. It is the biggest summer blockbuster that I've seen in a very long time. And it, I think it's the truest summer blockbuster that I've seen in a very long time. It's And I don't think you can argue with that. The essence of a summer blockbuster just distilled to its purest level even down to the fact that it's a sequel of a movie that came out a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, and it and it feels like it's a seamless sequel, too, for some reason. I don't know why we just, like, fell into it, and yeah. everybody's just cool with it being a sequel 25 years later. Yeah. But nobody cares, because it was just as awesome. I feel like this is what Avatar tried to do, and they were more public about it and what they tried to do of saying, like, we're going to wait for the technology to be right. Top Gun didn't even care. They didn't wait. They they didn't anticipate anything like this. They were like, hey, you want to make another one where everything looks way better? And Tom Cruise is like, all right, sign me up. Like, yeah, no, no, seriously. I mean, they did I, what Avatar hoped it could do. Yeah, I think that everyone is on the same page. Like, you don't even have to be that big of a movie person to know that these sequels tend not to go well. So yeah. that's kind of why we're at a point where it's just like, hey, that's part of it. That's part of the reason people love it is because by all accounts, it should have sucked or at least should have oh. been corny. Oh, it could have been so corny. Yeah. It could have been so corny that it, I mean, there were lines in the Doctor Strange that I anticipated <laughs> yeah. seeing yeah. similar things in the new Top Gun where it was like, send them back to hell. I was anticipating like, get a Maverick or like, do it for Goose. Things like that yeah. where they just carried that same theme of like, let's pander a little bit like, a over. A little bit in the first like, one that yeah, yeah. they could have continued on with the second one but you're right they oh, didn't we're probably talking about yeah. it too much obviously we do both we want to talk about it a little bit right now do we want to just jump right into maverick well i think we i feel like did. we're already we're already in it so let's keep our going first episode all right yeah all right. so that is one of the biggest things that we've been talking about that it it did find a beautiful way of making itself a great movie on its own as a sequel yeah while still kind of paying homage to homage. the original. Like that yeah. I watched the original the day before when I was on the plane. Watched Top Gun on a plane. No big deal, you know. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty I mean, cool that's thing to kinda do. sick. Yeah. You know? Not a lot of people can say they've done that. Well I think you're in an elite group 
of you're essentially in the Top Gun school of Top Gun watchers because you watched it in an elite location and you're one of the few people that can say that. Aside from the folks that definitely watched it from 1987 to 1992 on intercontinental flights. The United States Navy calls it not that interesting. Kevin Gallagher calls it. Kind of interesting. The United States Navy called it the most prolific recruiting tool during that five-year span that they've ever seen. (laughs) Hey, you're a guy or even a girl. For some reason, when you see these planes, it's pretty damn cool. You know what you're on? (laughs) A kind of version of that thing. Can you do this? Absolutely not. You don't know how fast you're going now. But you could be going even faster without the pleasantries. <laughs> <laughs> With the risk of immediate death at all times. Yes. Then, so the original <laughs> Top Gun was obviously fantastic. And then yes. we just had this long, dry spell. Tom Cruise doing other stuff, doing Mission Impossibles, anything he can get his hands on. All, all nine sudden, of them. Yeah. Anything he get, including a <laughs> new religion. But... <laughs> He's in it all. He's a devout but, follower. Yet, yes. It again, by all accounts, when you, it's kind of like Ghostbusters Afterlife. It came out, mm-hmm. made no buzz. It could have because apparently there was a lot of nostalgia going for it, but uh-huh. it just fell flat. Which is what these movies do. They they try to. They fall so flat. Every yeah, time, it and it's like. either you try to do something completely different, and people are like, "Well, that wasn't like the thing at all," or you rely too like much on that. nostalgia. And yeah. that's where I thought that they were going to trip up here because yeah. there's so much revolving around Goose, and right away it's very clear yeah. that the whole point of this is going to be around Goose's death. You learn quickly that Miles Teller's character Rooster is Goose's son. Obviously, yeah. the one that Tom Cruise has been around for. Like, right off the bat, you learn that. And that's when I honestly was kind of worried. Like, did I I went in also, I should say, knowing that the Rotten Tomatoes score was like a pure 99 after yeah. a bunch of scores had already rolled in. Well, I also, I feel like I may, I didn't want to sway you in any, in, in like any way. No, but yeah, I also wanted to like do my best to convey how awesome the movie was without trying to like sway your opinion of it. Yeah. Off the bat. Yeah. So I wanted to try. So basically it was like that was fucking awesome was all I needed to say to you. And I feel like that does a good job of not ruining it for you, but also saying like, yeah, this is this is cool. Yeah. Dude, you, um, were, you were sick at that. That I was, was so awesome. <laughs> Did you see how well that I didn't spoil, but also <laughs> excited you for it? They literally, they should put me in charge of movie posters and movie trailers. <laughs> no, but I, I think it, it was like an insanely, it's a balance that I haven't really seen before in sequels where the nostalgia aspect is so, it's, it's harnessed instead of relied upon. Instead of it being a crutch, it's almost a benefit where it's like we're building on it. We're building another universe, which is what I hope. Like I was saying Avatar 2 before as a joke, but I hope it builds on that. I hope it's not like a crutch that they rely on. I hope it's like they take this world and build on it. Like 
they they have goose and and obviously goose is a factor because in real life like goose yeah he would be a major factor his son is in the navy like i like that how they weave that storyline and it's not even that spoiler miles teller is angry at tom cruise for the death of his dad he's angry because he pulled his application to the naval academy and so i like that they weave Exactly. I like that they weave that in instead of it being like, you killed my dad and Tom Cruise the whole time being like, I didn't kill your dad. Yeah. Instead, it was like, why would you sideline my career? So I even think that sidestep was a a jump forward from what we've seen in the nostalgia movies where they're just constantly like someone died and and it was your fault. Let's get over it. That decision, which might seem kind of simple or somewhat on the trivial side, honestly might have been a huge reason of this movie's success because it made it a ton more interesting. We've already seen the whole, oh, is he going to forgive him for the potential murder of his dad? Like that's, that honestly, I mean, obviously that's a crazy thing. <laughs> like we're, yeah, It's a movie I mean, though. <laughs> we're, we're doing crazy storylines. That yeah, is like we've the accepted simplest that. way you can go. But when you start yeah. adding on the layers of, especially when you realize like, you, you know, you hear Tom Cruise pulled his papers and you're like, oh, that's weird. Why would he do that? You learn yeah. it's the mom and you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. He's like doing yeah. it to preserve it. That's like a classic ethical dilemma, too, which I liked. It was just obviously very on the nose outright. Like, you know, he doesn't have to hate his mom, too. It's, it's an interesting yeah. spot to be in. So I love seeing it- that all play out throughout this whole movie. I thought it was so cool to to seeing like the fact that Miles Teller does legitimately resemble a love child of Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan. Yeah. Like the fact that he could basically be their son and everyone would be, be like, yeah, that that's their kid. Why? What's wrong there? You know, he, he looked like him so much and it brought about that extra sense of nostalgia where Go birds. it's like if you have Ansel Elgort playing him, it's not going to bring about that same feeling if this guy looks like him and and it has that kind of effect that we don't even realize where it's like if you watch the first one and then you see this one you have that like oh shit he does look like his son i think that that plays into it too yeah how much of that is because the mustache and let's be honest that's a good looking mustache 70 percent quality mustache i'll tell you what i have grown one before didn't look terrible then ended up looking terrible that makes me want to go for it all. Miles Teller with a mustache grow. makes me want to yeah. grow a mustache and just be a mustache guy. I feel like. Do you think I could 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 do that? You think I could go could. the mustache? The thing I is, know, I think it's, it's endearing on Miles Teller. I think that you would look yeah. a little creepy. Yeah, my mom told me that I would look like an unappealing fireman if I kept just the mustache one time. So I was <laughs> like, "Ha, cool." You look like mom. a fireman that's just not too great at their job. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I look like a guy who's just like casually coasting through life and I'm like, yeah, the next team will get it. Yeah. I don't even cook the chili at the firehouse. No. I'm just there for the food. You're you're a firefighter, like, not for, you know, the true meaning of life, yeah. trying to help others. It's for the complete lack of other options. I'm basically Jimmy Tatro in The King of Staten Island, basically just there to play a role. And no other reason am I there other than to be a mustache. Hey, you know in that the guy? Room. <laughs> yeah, like, He's on ABC's show with the guy from that 70s show. 
show with uh oh, what's it Topher Grace. Yes, yeah. Topher Grace. <laughs> yeah. He's on the show with Topher Grace. I thought it's good. I, um but yes. Okay. Okay, Miles Teller absolutely fantastic at this. The Something- one quarrel did I cut you off? I'm sorry. With, Go ahead. I was just going to make a Miles Teller point. Is there a quarrel oh, with the okay. mustache? Yeah, no, 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 no. This is a separate quarrel, so go ahead. Okay. Miles Teller is so good, and everyone knows he's good. However. Yes. Okay, not no, no, sorry. Not however. And <laughs> I was going to say, think, he's pretty no, fucking good. I think it's because he seems to just be in bangers. Like, he, yeah. I don't know who his agent is or his manager or if this is just his great sense, but he's not in a whole lot. But everything he's in, when you think of like Whiplash, War Dogs, like these these massive movies that have pretty good. Yeah, no, he's in. They like even so. If you think of War Dogs, like you're not thinking of War Dogs like you do. You know, a, a different kind of movie. So there's a lot of different kind of movies. And I would say that you think of War Dogs. And it's hard to explain when if you haven't watched a lot of movies. I, just, I, I, I feel like you know where I'm going. I, no, I, I want you to get there, though. Because what, no, all but, you said was just nothing so far. I know, but you, do you know where I'm going? It's hard to explain. It's, yes. It, but when you is, think of a certain has, kind of movie, it's got this allure where you're like, I'll rewatch that because that's a good movie. Yeah, because it's, it's not unique. It's, it's unique. Yeah, it's a exactly. fun watch. It's it, more interesting. It's kind of like an Adam McKay aspect to it. That yeah, there's it. It gives this concept that probably could have just been contrived or not that interesting, and it somehow makes it extremely entertaining. Because there's a lot of movies like it, but the one that stands out, yeah, yeah. and has that kind of feel. And it's just more of a is, fun watch. Yeah, exactly. But what I was gonna say is like those movies, like they're different, but the ones that I feel like he's in or stars in are commercial successes. And also yeah. critical successes. So yeah. I feel like when you think of the great actors currently of like our generation, Miles Teller won't come to your mind right away. But if you look at his filmography, when you just like pick out the certain ones that he's a star in, strictly bangers. Oh yeah, no, he's had hit on hit on hit. I don't think this guy's had a miss in a little a little bit at least. Yeah. And go he's birds, like dude. If- He's essentially like if Jared Leto decided to give up method acting and actually be like a real human being. <laughs> I think that this is the success that Jared Leto would have. Because if you have, like, you, Jared Leto had a banger like Dallas Buyers Club, right? And Miles Teller had a banger like Whiplash. They both had these critically acclaimed films that I'm assuming they were both nominated for the Oscars for. Yeah. The difference is. One of them goes cuckoo on Joker set, and the other one is just like, I'm Rooster in a Tom Cruise banger. Yeah, I think that's probably just like a uh, a thing about method acting. Like, it's it's like you're living and dying by the three. Like, it, yeah. it could go super well. Like, when a team, you know, in, in today's NBA, they shoot 65 threes in a game when 
35 of those go in, it's a great night. But when you make 15, it's just not that good. So yeah, I think but when Morbius, you make 15, Morbius is five. <laughs> five out of 65 threes. When you make 15 five games in a row, you got to change something up. <laughs> but Miles Teller, dude, he's just out in the paint. He's working. Miles he's, Teller he's working is, on his... Dude, he's got a nice little sky hook, but also can just, just turn worker. around, work with the body, get some offensive an, boards, put it back up, get fouled. He does not yeah. let the ball come below his shoulders when he gets a Miles rebound. Miles Teller, he's the ultimate role player. Go Sixers. He's the ultimate team player guy. He is like James Harden on the Sixers. No, he is like. Ty- he, yeah. You know what? Let's, Maxie. let's call him. Give it to Max. Maxie. Yeah. 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 I was going to call him Harris and then versatile... I didn't think that was good enough. No, you know what? Yeah. He's Joel. I like Miles Teller. What was yeah. going to be your other gripe? Okay. So my one gripe with this movie was I watched the first one after. So there yeah. was that initial like I've I've I know the general plot of the first one. I know I've seen it. I've seen it in the past. Yeah. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. General gist. Didn't remember the specific plot points like who the secondary characters were, everything like that. So I watched this one and Penny's introduced. And I'm like, "Oh, she's got to be a, a character from the first one, right?" Yeah. She's got to be because <laughs> they have so much history. Yeah, they clearly they've had this relationship for years, yeah. at least since the first one, yeah. right? And then I watched this the original Top Gun after, and I was like, "There's no Penny." <laughs> Can I be honest with you? <laughs> she doesn't exist. Yeah. Watched the first one the day before. Watched the second yeah. one, and the whole time I'm like, "That that doesn't really look like her." <laughs> the whole time the, the love interest was confusing me for yeah. like half the movie and I, I was still into it but I was like okay is this someone like, new she, or is is that uh, did the, she die Kelly McGillis yeah is that her was, is that supposed well, to be her it was like did she dye her hair what went yeah. on here yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. what happened and then I looked it up and there's this whole thing that we don't get we won't get into no. but I was no, yeah. just very 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 confused by that that was the one thing that I was just like is there something that I'm supposed to know? And Apparently, I think she was in it both. though. The first she wasn't. one. I, th- I think she that she no had ties. like a very small role or something. What as bar extra four in the back of like the second scene? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, maybe something that, like that. But no, she was apparently briefly introduced. It wasn't. It wasn't I, like out of nowhere. I do think that that confused both people, like yourself, who had watched it right before and people like me who thought they understood and didn't really remember fully so everyone was kind of taken aback and saying like is this something i should know but aside from that the movie was awesome i just want to say the amount of people who are going to join the air force right now to fly those f-22s that are like the fifth gen fighters that we have the u.s has those so a ton yeah, that's that's something that I was thinking too. It's it's kind of funny if you were a military person watching it, you'd have such a different. Those view are on F twenty twos and F thirty fives. No, like no, I'm saying those. like when even specific things where it's it's strictly for Hollywood and Top oh, Gun, yeah. where it and down to the line, what what did they repeat like? It's not the plane; it's the pilot. I could imagine a pilot. general coming out being like, "Hey guys." Don't listen to that. 
That's that's not true. That's, that that will get you legitimately yeah. killed. My plane hovers. Like yeah. yours does not. Yeah. I can do things that you will never be able to do. I think those are also the coolest planes. But the one plane that I think was not highlighted at all was an A10 Warhog. If you know that's... what those are. Those are the ones that just have the machine gun out front. I was going to say legitimate make... war machines. Yeah. Those no, are mean... the ones with the, the angry face at the front. And yeah. they just go. Yeah. But again, play yeah. the hits. First one, you know, yeah. we, we had the old planes. Now we got to get the old now geezer back in to teach him how to use those old planes. <laughs> well, they went from F-14 to F-18. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's another kind of funny thing I think about this movie is that there is something in everyone when you go to watch mm-hmm. this granted it's just a good movie but there is yeah. something that is so easy to be romanticized about you know the stunts are so cool the fact that it's and, so real yeah. even the first test flight where everyone's on the edge of their seat they're like is he gonna hit Mach 10 i'm like i don't even know what a Mach is but the fact that he's hitting but 10 i of heard them it i heard insane. it before yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i can't believe he's going Mach 10 dude That's, they were making it intense also they're like let's let's be totally honest that was a random throw-in that i was like oh are we gonna get some movie about how it's kind of like a you know machines versus humans that's super interesting and i think it is just something that they were just like oh this is something to chew on that's kind of going on right now you know uh unmanned planes versus manned planes this is you know if tom cruise if maverick did exist this would be a legitimate issue that he would have with it um i thought that was super cool fighting John Hamm and that guy from Westworld. Yes, but Ed Harris. <laughs> yeah, yes, Ed yeah. Harris. Um, I did see the one cool thing with that is the test flight. So you know when he takes off initially with the test flight, and he goes over Ed Harris's head, and yeah. the top of the thing flies off. Yeah. So the director said that that wasn't planned. That they were just, they were like we had one shot at that, and we didn't expect the set to like implode on itself when that Whoa. happened. And Ed Harris just sit like he took it like yeah. a champ. That was the one thing that I was like that can't be real because Ed Harris just stood there in it. Yeah, like it, it looked like they planned it for that comedic like haha, but yeah. it's like no, the roof literally was about to fly off that oh, thing. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the other thing that I think we need to point out with a link back to the first movie is that they were like, mm-hmm. I think the Top Gun volleyball scene gets made fun of a lot, the original oh. one, just because it's so ridiculous. It's like, hey, look at these hot guys just playing volleyball. No, nothing wrong with that. I don't even know the words. It's like highway. Oh, highway to, to I'm the not danger sing. zone. I'm not going to subject um, everybody to that, but it's highway to the danger zone with at least 26 abs in that yeah, scene. That, so they they decide to play the hits, but they're like, we can't do volleyball. It's not American enough. It needs to be yeah. football. And I literally was sitting there for about 20 seconds, super confused because I was like, what version of football are they playing? <laughs> like, I, it almost seemed like one of those things, you know, when people make fun of like musicals that have a, a sports lean to it and you could tell that the people writing it didn't have like a really good grasp on sports. 
I yeah. was like, how do you mess this up that bad? <laughs> like, there are two footballs in play. I think they, I, I feel like they threw that line in from Tom Cruise at the end when they watched it and they were like, how do we justify what just happened? <laughs> and he was just like, they're playing offense and defense at the same time. And they were like, you just saved it. It's like Perfect. one PA in the back. And yeah. he's like, it looks like they're doing both. And he's like, that's it. <laughs> or they had some of their like, hey, uh, we, we brought in this consultant on set. Like, oh, who is it? Dan Marino. No, it's just yeah. some person who has watched football before in their lives, and they said it looks insane. It's somebody who's generally seen a Nerf football on their college campus before and kind of made up the rules as they go. It looks like if an AI saw a football and then was tasked with making a game out of it. Oh, that's actually a good call. It's like if, if AI saw football and they were like, yeah. okay, this is going to be a Top Gun. How do I make this awesome? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, Two footballs. Everybody running at the same time. Shirtless guys. One girl with a sports bra. Just and then, tons of then guy. They ask the AI, they're like, who who throws, who catches? And the AI just says, doesn't matter. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, yeah just, just all of them. Can you quit? Yes. Possibly. <laughs> Will they? Only Tom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that was just a funny thing. Um, and other than that, I mean, the... The tie-ins to the the original weren't too egregious, you know. It, it like yeah. they they played the hits every now and then, but man, it was just entertaining. They, it kept the story going the whole time, and the the I would real value. Oh, absolutely. The the real value, obviously, coming through Miles Teller and Tom Cruise's. And, and again, like I said, it could have just been you killed my dad. Why'd you do that? I'm angry at you. But it was like, yeah. Tom Cruise is like, yeah, I don't, I don't have the heart to tell him it was his mom. He hates me already. He will. Uh, just had to pull the papers. Yeah. yeah, like that. I absolutely loved that kind of link into the original movie. I agree. I think it was awesome. And planes and speed and, and cool stuff. Awesomeness. Yeah, just. Speed, speed kills. Some, I'm telling you, some in this case, caveman brain thing is just like, yeah, that's that stuff is cool. The faster it goes, the cooler it is, and it's just like, oh, you can go upwards, stop midair, let them fly by you, and just blow them up. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah, like, they, let's do it. They make it very obvious that that's like something pretty crazy and not normal. Yeah, but the whole time you're watching, you're thinking like, why don't they just do that? <laughs> also, wait, wait. Easy. So, the last time that these two adversaries had conflicted, Tom Cruise had shot two of them down. Correct, using the same move. No, you'd three. think that they would have learned. The first yeah, one at three, the end? yeah, in the first one, yeah. shot three of them down three using very, kills, very similar tactics. You'd think that they would train their pilots to be like, if he's going forward, he's gonna pull the brakes. <laughs> All right, guys. So you know this guy they're named gonna, Tom Cruise. They're gonna. He's just Mike Ditka. People, just teaching them. It's, it's people from Chicago. They're like, hey, all right, this guy named Tom Cruise. You gotta he's watch gotta out for him. He's gotta pull the brakes. Yeah, 
He's going to pull the brakes on you. You're going to do the same. Just go to the right because he's going to try and blow you, blow you up there. And then you won't be able to go to Portillo's till like Tuesday at least because you're going to be in the woods. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, absolutely great movie. Great sequel. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone loved it as much as we did. The So now we got Ricky... And Obi Wan, where yeah. are we gonna start out? Then with? let's let's go Obi Wan because I don't have a ton to say about Ricky. Honestly, I thought I would have more. Oh, I kind of do, but I think okay. it's because you're just a fan, and I'm, I, yeah. I'm I'm here to poke holes a little. Okay, so let's let's do Ricky first, and then we'll do Obi Wan okay. at the end. So Ricky for me, absolute megastar. One of the most important people in comedy right now that's living. I can say that. However, I think that he has a lot of grace for doing what he's done at the Emmys and and that kind of deal. I absolutely love what he does to blow up that stuff and, and to point out hypocrisy. That's my, one of my favorite things in comedy is, and I think everyone kind of knows this from the podcast, is kind of pointing out hypocrisy, trying to distill things to show what, how ridiculous things are truly ridiculous, which I mm-hmm. think he does very well, specifically even in this special, but I don't even know if I would say, because a lot of the time I, I, again, with this, with this podcast, everyone knows, we always kind of say like, if you don't think something's funny, specifically a special, it just kind of means it's not for you. Like, you can't yeah. say a mega famous comedian like Ricky Gervais isn't funny. And that's not what I'm saying. I think if I'm going to be critical of this special in some way, it's kind of all stuff I've heard before. And it's not like I'm calling him a hack, because clearly he's not a hack. It's just almost, it sounded like, a conversation yeah. that I've heard on podcasts from comedians. I agree. 40,000 times before. So he was saying it. I was kind of almost like, dude, this is just kind of a TED talk of things that I've heard before. And it's funny. Yeah. You know, he points out the ridiculousness. I like that he always talks about like, you know, the the silly, goofy stuff. Um, but as may, and maybe it's just my oversaturation to comedy and comedians. That's, that's definitely possible. Because I was thinking... Maybe there are actually people who don't, especially with him, because he's such a big name, there are probably people who aren't all tuned into comedy that would go check out like, oh, let's see what Ricky Gervais has to say. And then I I also think with the way British comedians tend to do their specials, it tends to be this whole big to-do and have a theme and he went with super ego. I get that. That's all fine and dandy. But I also think that it just, a lot of it just hit too close to things that I've heard before. Yeah, I agree. And I think like it, it felt the same way for me where it was like, it seems like point points of it had like a conversation that I've heard before, like you said, where it was either things that he said before or things that I've seen from him on Twitter or like, it, it, it almost seemed like repetitive in a way that we've seen this dialogue for so long. Yeah. 
where I wanted something fresh, where I wanted something new, where I wanted him to come out. And it was, it was a lot of exposing things with analogies and, and metaphors. And obviously that's what he does, but yeah, things yeah, like bringing it style. back to like my dog or my cat and everything like that. I, it's not to say that I didn't like it. I, I thought it was funny, but at the same time, it, it wasn't the best comedy special that I've seen from him. I think that his ones in the past I've seen are, are a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost think that his style, and honestly, I'm going to just paint a completely broad stroke here and say, in general, British comedians, it's been said that they kind of take their craft very seriously, and that's the ones that kind of tend to not think that they're self-important, but just, you know, maybe take it to more of a this this special has a meaning and everything I'm saying has a point yeah. and I need to make a stand and make a point and make my voice heard as opposed to just being kind of goofy and having a good time. And yeah, and uh, that's something that just constantly gets... And I, I, I think that he got under fire for, you know, some transgender jokes that he made or something. And when I watched it, I didn't even really think much of anything. I just kind of thought that he... His his point was just something that we've heard over and over again is like, yeah, like, good that they have rights. Sometimes things get a little wacky out there. That's that's kind of distilled down <laughs> to what he whole, said. Yeah. But that's also everything that every comedian thinks that they need to say on a podcast. <laughs> like it's it's almost yeah, one of those no, points where just getting hit over the head. And I'm just like, dude, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, we all get it. It's almost like preaching to the choir at that point. It's like we understand this ideology. Like we we know we have this baseline. Everyone's saying it. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. Like let's venture venture away from it. I think that's not like his favorite special of mine, but Yeah. Does he always do all. the the uh headset, by the way? Or is that new? Yeah. So he's a big like Oh, there's something I, can, guy. I can't get behind that. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just He's me not a big microphone yeah. guy. He's yeah. a more of a presenter than he is like a and not a presenter, but his style is more presentation than yeah. it is. Yeah. Then there's like nothing wrong with that, dude. Yeah. Traditional. That's the one thing that like I, and granted, I I don't ever want to be like a comedy uh critic snob or a snob. <laughs> I'm just saying that like when, you know, people make headlines with specials and it's like, oh, he's, you know, flagrant and, and all that kind of stuff. Flagrant and I too. watch it and I see it and I'm just like, I don't know, man. He kind of just is saying things that I've heard a ton. That's when I kind of get disappointed. I'm like, it's it's Ricky Gervais. Yeah. He's supposed to be pushing the envelope and, you know. Like have a higher standard than that. Yeah, especially for someone who, be, like, their until, persona is treating comedy as such a high standard. Whether he wants to, yeah. or whether he believes that or not he does strike me personally he seems like one of those guys that is like comedy is so important and my yeah. my words are important in my stances so that's the only thing that i had to say about it when that and i did i agree yeah that when you said that you were so excited for it i was like all right i gotta check this out gotta gotta tune in and dude obviously he's he's funny he's a hilarious guy yeah. there were a few things that he said that really cracked me up but um there, and again like i said with there's just a difference a lot of the time with British comedians. British comedians have a very different Jimmy view. Carr. Yeah, but I'm saying like, <laughs> and again, broad stroke. Not every single British comedian is like that. I would call... Yeah. James what, Acaster? Oh, yeah. killer. Yeah. 
But when I think of the the stereotypical and unfair view of what I would say British comedy is, I think it's generally the Ricky Gervais kind of deal. Um, and that's that's where I think like if you're if you're going to make a very poignant themed special, and obviously all specials have a theme. Um, I would like I would like something fresher, like you said. Yeah. That's about it. But Ricky obviously yeah. is fantastic. There's no need for just like saying that his special wasn't good because yeah. you know, he makes a lot of money doing comedy. So who are we to talk? I think it was a, a you know, good special overall, but not like his best. And I think we can just leave it and bury it at that. Yeah. Like Sounds good. Don't need to overanalyze. No. Not his no. best. No. But not his worst. No, yeah. We just mentioned it before, so I figured we had to yeah. talk about it on the pod. Oh, absolutely. I, I just I don't want to get too much into like, us being like, well, comedy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, no. Comedy we guys, appreciate, you know? Yeah, we appreciate the art form, but we're allowed to like... Yeah, big write. specials big, big specials come yeah. out and we got we to gotta talk about them. Um, we got to, yeah. All right. Obi. So, oh, Your dog's dude, name. Speaking of Obi, by the way, um, he... So, the reason this is coming out late and the reason the last one came out late is because I was on vacation and we had him at a sitter's place. And Obi used to be like skinny, actually a skinny dog, and he's actually fat now. Did I show you at all? No, dude. I we literally got him back, and I didn't realize it until my wife and I were just sitting on the couch, and he was laying in front of us, and she goes, "Wait, did Obi get fat?" It's like, what are you talking about? I looked down, the dude's actually like chunky in a week. Because the guy also, he just overfed him, which is fine. I would rather yeah. him overfeed him than he's underfeed probably him. probably just a little bloated. But, dude, no, he's fat. He's fat. Oh, Jesus We took Christ. him on a walk, and he had to stop halfway through. He found a spot in the shade, and I let him stop for a little because he's a big stopping, like, stops and sniffs and pees or whatever. And he yeah. stopped for a little. Three seconds in, just laid down. <laughs> just laid down, looked up at us, and just panted. Oh, dude. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, as you need. As as Ewan makes his return to the screen. Walking. Yeah. Disney Plus. He, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I think right now, I think Obi is, uh, you know, we got to go back to his namesake of Obadiah Stane, Jeff Bridges' character from the first Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he has the name Obi-Wan he's, yet. Yeah. No, he needs to earn it. He needs to become master Obi-Wan. He hasn't earned that yet. He needs to master his own life. Needs master his own personal. He needs fitness. to get it together, dude. Yeah, um, he needs a little biggest loser treatment before he comes yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to we're about to start start up the training regimen. All right, so that's my dog update. Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh. Give it's me your what thoughts. I've been waiting for for twenty years, man. Yeah, this show fucking rocks. It's <laughs> it so great because it it literally so makes sick. me want to go back to watch. No, no. It makes well, me did you want... watch the recap before? Oh, like that yeah, got me so juiced. That was one I of my notes on it. You. That was one of my yeah. notes on it. Was the intro gets you jacked up? Also, like the one thing that got me too, and this is just like the end of these two episodes that we saw. Yeah. So spoiler. But like, what I've wanted to see this whole span is intermittent Anakin. Like, between yes. the two movies, what the fuck happened to Anakin? 
and how he recovered and like what is going through his mind and because the last time we saw him he's being carted away he's being burned and then we see him after that and he's vader but i want to see him what's going on do you remember how awesome the end of rogue one was where it leads up directly yeah. oh, to episode no, four, where you just see yeah. like the complete chaos that is Vader yeah. just going through everyone. Yes, oh, but I agree. Crazy. Like I want to see how he gets to that point, like the most powerful person I can't in wait the universe to see that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm so excited to see all that. Um, the but yeah, we'll start at the beginning because the beginning, the intro right away kicks it off. And the reason that I love the intro is because this show, like the first two episodes, were so good that I'll say it makes me want to want to watch the prequels. But yeah, you don't need oh. to because you get three minutes of it and you're just like, oh yeah, that's what happened. And I remember <laughs> that the prequels suck. But like they're good enough now to make things that don't suck that aren't the sequels. But I didn't even think they were bad. I just thought that the they sequels were like or the prequels. No, the prequels. I didn't think they were bad. Three is good. I can I be honest with I you. I love three. I've watched four, five, and six. I, double digits for sure. Each one. Yeah. One, two, and three, or one and two specifically, pff, dude. I haven't watched those in years, and I mean so years and years, and I refuse three to. Three is the go-to. Three is good. Like, if yeah. I'm going to watch a prequel, it's going to be three, because they start out with that dope fighter scene, yeah, and then they're in the... Oh, it's so sick. All right. But, but that, that's the thing at the end. Like it, the, We all know the prequels kind of corny. They have their yeah. spot in Star Wars lore, so you got to love them if you're a Star Wars fan. There, but there's just a weird... It's a weird relationship for Star Wars fans. Everyone knows it. We yeah. don't need to comment on it. Just saying that that intro literally distills it down to being like, oh, awesome. I don't actually need to watch these. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, you don't need to watch them, but like the lead-in is so sick. And then just to pick up from there is what we all wanted. Like the pickup is just learning what happens now and having competent plot and seeing what happens in between is what everybody's been starved of for so long. So having that finally, I think going through the episodes, like the one thing first I'll say is how does he not get caught stealing ever? Because he's a Jedi. Boom. Answered. I think that (laughs) that being the storyline basically throughout the whole first episode, not the whole first episode, but um, something that was pretty glaringly obvious to me is this new strategy that streaming services do that I think is just brilliant is releasing two. I think it's generally always two, but multiple episodes at first to get people hooked because you can really get the storyline going within the first two episodes but if you think back to the first one, there's so much buildup. Like, we're just yeah. getting story. Sure, you get Luke doing the whole fighter jet thing. Um, you get some Leia, but still you're like, there's there's not too much action. And it's just kind of all storyline building. And that, that's the thing. It's kind of nostalgia at that point. You're like, okay, I'm learning what this show might be about. Like, you're getting the Inquisitor stuff. And then all of a sudden in the second episode, it's already picked up like crazy. Like, yeah, I think of Loki when I would say you're like episode two or three 
and you know it's like a nine episode season and you're just like where are we gonna go from here because it's already pretty stressful yeah no it's like where where does this pick up from and i think it's like chaotic as hell already and we see like first of all what i didn't expect is people knowing where like leia and luke are throughout yeah which is a cool little thing that we see because obviously like there's gonna be people that know yeah and you're like of course yeah yeah and it's cool to see like yeah there's people who know clearly vader anakin knows like where they are so he's just biding his time basically and sending people and trying to get the rest of the jedi before he goes and sees them letting them live out i don't know it's kind of it's just a crazy concept to see like this whole thing in between yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that obviously we have we have all the other Star Wars properties now, and there's a, this is just a cog in the the big development of all the new Star Wars properties that they're just gonna pump money out of, and hopefully, great yeah. content of movies and TV shows. But something that I was thinking, and I don't even know if there's much merit to this, but especially with the. Um, Especially with the thing that we were talking about before with the prequels, like the the aspect of maybe not people loving it so much, but having the fourth one be what it was, just a culturally re- relevant, insane movie, is yeah. the most successful movie to me in terms of the sentiment of, of what people um, kind of came away from it with of the offshoots of star Wars was rogue one. Yeah. Another one that was between three and it's four. It's a great movie because yeah. I, one, I mean, yeah, obviously gr- great movie as opposed to the other one, but I think there's just so much intrigue specifically around like, okay, four five and six got released. And then we had a prequel trilogy. That's not too yeah. common in movies. And especially it's not too common for <laughs> one of the biggest movie properties in the entire world in existence having a bad prequel trilogy obviously that's then we only get down to star wars so it's kind of like there's and there's so many books and and all this kind of stuff but there's There's just this canon yeah and there's just this intrigue of like what's what's between those like i want to see what's going on because there's nothing really that shows the explicit like we need to see and i want to see it not with animation i don't want to see it with all this yeah i want to see it with the actors that we know like Hayden Christensen coming back Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan is like the Obi-Wan yeah. and I know people say like oh I have my Bond I have my this I have yep. my that like Ewan is Obi-Wan yep. and you will not convince me otherwise no so- I mean he, he absolutely is um, and that's, that's something that I think was probably very deliberate maybe not I don't know if George Lucas had this whole plan throughout the beginning <laughs> yeah I don't know but I you know they they got grilled for having no plan for the sequels and they admitted to it they were like we didn't have a good yeah. plan I think that now maybe there is a clear uh steer into the skid of between the two between the the original trilogy and the prequels um and I'm just I'm excited that we get they're they're almost it's it's redemptive especially for such a beloved character to have a beloved character in a like span of three movies that weren't good or people didn't like is kind of wild so to have a a redemption in terms of its whole tv show like 
I just know at the end of it, we're going to talk about every episode. At the end of it, we're just going to be clamoring for season two, and they're going to be like, oh, it's coming two years from now. Yeah. Oh, no. They're going to take their sweet-ass time with it. Yeah. Like, they're going to... Because it's only six episodes. Like, I mean, they're going to give it to us in 2029 when it's just <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah. Like, they're going to naturally age you in towards episode four, Obi-Wan. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, also going to leave... Dude, I'm going to need an hour and a half for the rest of the episodes. Oh, yeah. And I don't if, think that's going to happen, Stranger but... Things, an hour and a half episodes, I need Obi-Wan, an hour and a half episodes. Is that how long they are? Yeah. They're like an hour and 20 minutes a piece. Are you serious? They're mad. Is it though. awesome though? They're really good. Dude, fucking I really want to watch and that and I want to watch the Barry. shit out of me. How they much did you really, watch this season? Five episodes. Five they're surprising. Wait, an yeah, hour five. twenty a piece? Yeah, they're surprising the shit out of me. Oh. Holy god, dude, they are crazier than I've seen yet, and they're going for it all with the gore and everything like that. They are just like nice. They're like, oh, oh, you thought this was a kid show? Oh, oh, you thought this was about a group of friends in the 80s. No, 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 my friend. Oh, sweet. This is a rated R level show. Is it all released at once? Uh, seven episodes, and then they're releasing, I think, the final four later this month. Oh, in July. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like another, the last episode, I think, is going to be two and a half hours. Jeez. Oh, all right. Which is a well, full length yeah, dude, someone, film. someone next to me on the plane was watching it, and I got super jacked up thinking about the fact that yeah. I get to watch it. So... People, if you're listening out there, let us know. Are you watching Barry or uh, Stranger Things? Because I'm going to have to start being selective about what I'm watching because there's just so much bubbling up right now, especially with, I don't even know when, the Lord of the Rings show is going to come out and the Game of Thrones Targaryen show is going to come out soon. So you got to stay frosty. We got a lot to to watch. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. Um, soap so Stay frosty. seriously let us know what you're watching so we can comment on it i think everyone's yeah. i mean obi-wan's gonna have to be a recurring one uh barry is something we've just clamored over we love barry i can't wait to watch oh, that I so barry. i want to get after that but if the people are watching stranger things then we're gonna have to watch stranger things and we'll talk about that first I mean, so i'm already through it so you gotta catch <laughs> up like Hazel. It. Dude, an hour <laughs> and 20 minutes yeah not also my wife pointed out that we have to watch the last few episodes of basil which I haven't I been. I, I slowed up because uh, it's just like, yeah. I think they ran out of stuff, <laughs> but yeah, that's I, neither here nor there. Um, they ran out of material. <laughs> yeah. So we'll wrap it up there. We don't have anything on the docket for next week in terms of movie releases. So let's do Python. Holy Grail. Yes, let's do it. Let's so do it. we're going to do Monty Python and the Holy Grail next week. We're going to talk Obi-Wan. And if someone lets us know or anyone, if you're listening, please reach out sincerelyunqualified at gmail.com or any socials. Let us know if you're watching Barry or Stranger Things. I'm going to get to it. I promise. Let's watch some content. Eventually. Until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. <laughs> He's doing it to you again, folks. He's striking I'm out. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. Okay. Give it to me. It's a highway. To the danger zone. Oh. <laughs> Highway to the Dude, danger, danger zone. zone. <laughs> but you better not run over my hive. <laughs>